Morning, church. As for everyone sitting at the back, there is still plenty of space up the front here. Don't be, uh, don't be too nervous to come and uh, get next to your brothers and sisters uh, here on the ground. There's, look, we've got people lying down. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> How are we all? Good? I feel cool because I'm sitting on the stool. Uh, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them it's so good to be sitting next to family. It really is. I, I really do enjoy coming in on, thank you, on a Sunday morning and uh, being able to experience family or to be able to enjoy and celebrate family with you guys every week. It really is a highlight of, a lot of the time it is a highlight of my week getting to, to be amongst you all and I'm sure it's a highlight of a, lot, of a lot of your weeks as well, just being able to be here and to be amongst like-minded men and women who love God. Amen? Amen. Alright. As we begin, I just want to pose a question to you. When I mention the word family, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? Take a minute. What's the first thing that you think of? For a lot of us, our thoughts will go straight to our blood relations. Am I wrong? Yeah. So a lot of the time when you start to think of family, personally I will, my first thought is for my wife and my children. And then thoughts go to my parents, my grandparents, my brothers, although no, they're probably later on in the list. I think more about my grandparents and my, my nieces and nephews, my cousins. So for you, who is it that comes to mind for you when you hear the word family? Truth be told, God's idea of a family and our idea of family can be very different at times. For us, sometimes it can start and stop with those that we are related to. But for God, it stretches a lot further than that, doesn't it? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the one who who originated and you created families. Father, we thank you that we are here today as one body, as one family. And Lord, we pray that as we hear from your word this morning, that you would speak to our hearts and that we would internalize what we hear and allow it to permeate every aspect of our lives, be in our workplaces, in our relationships, and wherever, it else, wherever else it is that we go. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to flick over to Mark chapter 3, verse 32 to 35. So Mark 3, you're going from verse 32 to verse 35. Now, we jump into the story here where Jesus has already picked his disciples. He has 12 followers, hashtag squad goals. 
He's got his squad, he's got his crew, and they are roaming around the nations of Israel, and they are healing. God, Jesus is healing many people. He is casting out demons from the demon-possessed, and he is gathering a massive multitude of followers. Now understand that the followers of Jesus consist of many people. So there are people that are following Jesus that don't really agree with what he is saying. There are people following Jesus who have committed their whole life to the, the, the message that he is giving. So they believe what he is saying. There are people there that sort of just saw the crowd and decided to follow along. And there are people there who are hell, uh, they're, yeah, they're hell-bent on bringing down him and his followers and their cause. Okay, so this is where we find Jesus at this time. And in chapter 3, verses 32 to 34 is where we read, starting in 32. And it says, A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Jesus then answers, Who are are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here I am. Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of my father, oh, whoever does the will of my father, is my brother and sister and mother. So, who does Jesus say that his family is? His disciples. He's saying that the people that are around him, the people around him who are doing the will of his father, those are the people that he calls family. Amen. And as I look around today, I am so proud and pleased to say that I am surrounded by men and women who mirror what the word says right here. Men and women who go out of their way to carry out the Father's will. Men and women who have sacrificed a lot to do what their Father has asked them to do in this word. Amen? Alright. This being said, when was it that God had decided to take us in his family? I want to flick you over to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 46. Oh, sorry, verse 4 to 6. There's no verse 46 in chapter 1. So we'll start in verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You see, before he created the world, he had already predestined us to be part of his family. That says so much to the value that he holds you to be in his family. He holds you so valuable that even before he had created the world and all the inhabitants of the world, he had already chosen you. Now, when I hear that, I'm amazed. Because not only could I not fathom what I would be like or the type of person that I would have been growing up, but to even think that before he had laid the foundations of this earth, he chose every single individual in the room today. What an amazing God we serve, amen? See, he already knew that from the time before he had created the word that he would adopt 
us. And I love the, work, I love the fact that he uses the idea of adoption in this context because it means that he had to choose me. This is, in, this is supported in John chapter 15, verse 16, where Jesus is speaking and he says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Amen? You did not choose me, but I chose you so that you might go and bear fruit. This means that I wasn't lumped on God. He wasn't obligated to take me. No, I wasn't a mistake that he had to clean up. No, God chose us and he adopted us, knowing full well that his love for us would transform us. Moved with compassion, he loved us like no one else could, and it pleased him to take us in as his own. If you don't believe me, go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. It actually says, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and his will. And just as I was preparing, I, I, I just wanted to, to speak over maybe someone in the house today who feels like you're letting God down. This verse is specifically for you. Because your adoption into sonship isn't because of your good. It's actually something that gives him pleasure. He says it in his word. Amen? Being family comes with a role of responsibility for one another. Isn't that true? Growing up in your own families, you you realize that you're responsible for your brothers and your your parents are responsible for you and you're responsible for your siblings and your cousins and I can remember a time when I was a kid that I I'm the eldest of three boys and my baby brother would always want to go to the park and I was into TV but if he wanted to go to the park you can guess who was going to be watching him and so I actually loathed the fact that he loved going to the park <laughs> yeah But being part of a family means that the issues that I have also become your issues. Being part of a family means that the struggles that I have to deal with are struggles that you can help me with as well. But not only that, it also means that the victories that I get to to be a part of, we as a family also get to be a part of. So you take... You, you find victories in the victories that I have, and I'll find victory in the victories that you, that you achieve. Also to do with achievements. Any achievements that we have as a family are for each of us. Amen? You see, if you've decided to call me family, I'm sorry, but you are stuck with me now. Tell your neighbor, you're stuck with me now. <laughs> tell, tell them like a minute, you're stuck with me now. you know in saying that it kind of reminds me of that that cousin that I grew up with I won't mention his name but I'm sure you have a similar cousin there's that one guy that's part of that girl that's in your family where you have a family gathering or a family barbecue and 
There's just one person that knows how to annoy everyone. (laughs) It's probably you if you don't know who that is. (laughs) You see, this cousin of mine, he just had a knack for getting under everyone's skin. And just seeing his face would set me off sometimes. It's just like, oh, I mentioned his name. (laughs) but it would and yet every single time we met as a family he would do it anyway he would go to my mom and he would be in the kitchen he shouldn't he shouldn't be in the kitchen first of all but he'd be in the kitchen doing something with my mom and before i knew it my mom was yelling and just he would come running out of the kitchen and i was like oh there you go again ben doing it again yeah he deserves it You see, the fact that he could come back and do it every single time that we got together knew that regardless of what we thought about him, what we said to him, and what we did to him, he was always going to be part of our family. That's your standing here today. Regardless of the background that you have, and regardless of the mistakes that you have made, that I've made, The fact that we are all here today as one is evidence that we are family. Amen? Amen. You see, when you become family by adoption into sonship of our Heavenly Father, we join in a family of billions of men and women, men, women, and children who have passed, who are here presently, and who are to come in the future. Being part of this family is an honor. And yet being part of this family is also a choice. Does everyone remember that old Sunday school song, Father Abraham? Father Abraham, as many sons, as many sons as Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right hand, Father. No, we're not going to sing the whole song. (laughs) But... I know when you sang that song as a kid and all the kids next to you were yelling that song at the top of their lungs, there was a sense of family there, right? Yeah? Could you, could you testify? I know in my church growing up, I was not just spiritually surrounded by family. I was literally surrounded by family. I, was, I grew up in a, in, a, in a family church. So grandparents, parents were involved in ministry and being part of the church and being at church was just an everyday thing for me. But, um, sorry. The fact that we're all called sons and daughters of Abraham used to confuse me. And so, <laughs> because I was, it did. I was just, Father Abraham is a Hebrew. I'm a Fijian from the islands. And so it didn't make sense. And so if it doesn't make sense to you, I want to try and clear that up right now. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, if you have your Bibles with you. And here the writer writes, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. 
and heirs according to the promise. How cool is that? That the relation isn't actually one of blood, but it's one of spirit. Because we are born again into the kingdom, not by our flesh, but by our spirit. Amen? You agree with me? Yeah. So the fact that we are born again of the spirit is the way that we've been adopted into the lineage of Abraham. And being part of Abraham's family actually holds a lot of weight because of what God had promised him. And so, in reading Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it's, it, I'll read it again and it reads, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Does everyone know what the promise is? Yeah. If you don't, let's clear that up again. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. This will be the last verse that I get you to look up, I promise. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Let's read. So this is, this is, this is the promise that we've been called to be, that, that, that we actually hold as sons of Abraham. Okay? From verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Jesus Christ has been the greatest blessing that we as believers have ever received. And if we are going back to Abraham's promise, the promise and the the covenant that God made with Abraham. That blessing of Jesus Christ has been given given to us so that we ourselves can be a blessing to the nations. I just want to read a few scriptures. I told you that was the last one I'm going to get you to look up, but not the last one I'm going to read. So I want to read a few scriptures to emphasize the fact that you are called to bless those around you. Amen. Let me read. Acts chapter 3, verse 25. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. Genesis twenty two seventeen. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of their cities, their enemies, of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Genesis 26, 4. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Genesis 28:14 Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east to the north and to the south and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring you were blessed to be, to be a blessing that's why you were blessed you were blessed to be part of this family because God chose this family to bless the world 
And the truth of the matter is, we started this series off talking about the forsaken. And last week, Pastor Rod spoke on the foreigner. The truth of all that is, is that those two titles don't always stay that way for everyone. Because when they decide to come into the kingdom, that gets changed to family. Church, you are called to be a blessing to the nations. You are called and you are blessed so that you can be a blessing in your workplace. And family isn't confined to this building. I'll tell you why. Because every day you walk past orphans looking for a family to be a part of. Just as we were once. That may be in your workplace. That may be in your school. That may be in your family. But just as we are orphans and we were once searching for a family to join, there are many amongst you and I who are also looking for that family. And it's actually this family that they're looking for. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for family. We thank you for this institution that you've created that we can be a part of. And Lord, we are so grateful that once we are part of this family, there is no one, no thing that can take us away from it. Lord, we give you praise in this moment. And we give you glory throughout the day today. To your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. I'm going to call Tim up.